Hey guys, welcome back to Not Another Deep Podcast. This episode, I'm going to talk about body image with a little bit of social media and a little bit of eating disorders. So trigger warning. With body image, first of all, let me just read this before we start. So body image is a person's subjective picture or mental image of their own body. I, like, where do we even begin with body image? It's something that we've all struggled with at some points in our lives. It's something that has been around for, you know, decades on decades. It goes back to even the Egyptian times where they would idolize certain attributes that made you look beautiful For instance, black hair. So a lot of them would shave their head and they would wear black wigs because that's what they saw as beautiful. And the corset, we all know, um, it just it kept changing. The, The perfect body kept changing from decade to decade. And how do we navigate through that? Because... It's something that we can just really establish that just won't go away. This whole intense view on body image won't go away. And the pressures of society on that just won't go away. I can speak for myself in saying that I've always been very well aware of my body image. And yeah, I've always had you know, these moments where I've looked in the mirror and I haven't liked what I've I've seen. I've had cosmetic surgery. I got two nose jobs, which I'll get into. The point is, it's very normal. And if you're listening to this and you have your days where you just don't like what you see, and those days can turn into months, maybe years, I just want you to know I get it. I, I really do get it. And you're not alone. And it's, it just, it can get hard with so many influences that we have in life from celebrities and the cosmetic trends and the toxic TikTok trends and, you know, haircuts. I am currently, okay, currently going through a little bit of a mental life crisis. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know what it is. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I recently have felt the urge to just chop everything off. I would always have long nails and I've always had long hair. This is actually the shortest it's ever been. I had hair halfway down my bum due to, you know, surgeries, due to stress, due to COVID. I lost, due to bleaching, I lost 50% of my hair and it's been a struggle. It really has. I have gone through so much to just get the the health back to it. And recently I've had the feeling to chop everything off. My nails go shorter. My hair, I want to cut like into a little bob. And I just, I don't know why. I just don't know why. Is it a mental life crisis? Is it this just awakening that I'm going into? I just turned 25. I, 
you know, I'm I'm going through another little like healing stage where I'm always I'm always going to through self development, but maybe this is just another thing that I want to do to really step into a new me. But I I started to think about it and I started to think about why I liked long hair. And for me it was always an identity thing. I always viewed long hair as being beautiful and because I always had it, it became a part of my identity. And I just thought, what would I be without long hair? Who would I be? I feel like it just made me. And without my long hair, I wouldn't be me. So for a long time, even if I had to get trims, I thank God my mother's a hairdresser, so she would trim my hair. But that was even so scary for me. And all of a sudden, I'm just not scared. I just want to, like, cut it off. And maybe it's because of the whole mission of going through, like, getting healthy. But I think it's maybe maybe because I'm also waking up to that realization that whatever you do, it's not going to make you more beautiful or less beautiful because it's always how you carry yourself. So I had this conversation conversation with my mom today. If I cut my hair into a bob, it'll look cute. But will it look sexy? Because, you know, you want to look sexy. You want to have that feel about you. But we were even talking about it and we said, you know what? It's actually just how you carry it. Because you can look cute, but then you can also choose to look sexy through, that, through confidence. And I... I think with body image, it has to do a lot with your confidence because I've seen so many women feel empowered through everything, through stretch marks, through you know gaining a bit of weight, losing weight, losing their hair. And it's what carries them through is confidence. And sometimes it can be really hard because sometimes you can't find it. And Maybe to get confidence is just to create almost like a like you the main character. Like they say that a lot and I think it's so true because you have to love yourself first. And sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it. Sometimes you really have to just fake it till you make it. I do believe like your brain takes in information that you're telling it, what you say to yourself the words you speak are so important. So to talk bad about yourself towards yourself you're going to end up feeling it. So maybe it is the case of just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know, I look great today. And even if you're not feeling it, you're just putting it out there. You're just telling yourself that. And your your brain doesn't know any better. It just takes that information, it processes it, and then it puts it into, you know, your body or whatever how it goes. I'm not going to act like some <laughs> neurosurgeon. But it's been proven that that's how, you know, that's how our brain works. And how you think is how you feel. How you feel is how you you are at the end of the day. It's the energy you bring to the world. So it goes into also fashion for me. People ask, what is my style? My style is how I feel for that day. So if I'm feeling like I'm having an off day with my body, you know, we have those I can only talk for women, women, you know, that hormones are a killer. And in the month, I don't feel good. There's like one week or two weeks in the month where I'm just feeling, you know, not beautiful, not 
as thin as I would like. Like I'm retaining water. Your face, it's literally been proven that during our cycle, we kind of have body dysmorphia in a way. And how do we navigate through that? So where my fashion comes into play with this is what I'm getting to. When I'm having those days, I acknowledge them and I admit, I accept them. I accept to myself, okay, I'm not feeling good today. I am not going to feel good if I put on this little top, but I'm not going to be comfortable today wearing that. So let me put on something else and be comfortable because with that comfort, I will be confident because I will love the way I, I feel in that. And then I will be confident and love the way I look, if that makes sense. So I really do accept my feelings for that day. And that's why my style is so all over the place. You know, one day I'm like a tomboy. Next day I'm feeling sexy. Next day I'm feeling like I just want to be chill. Next day it's minimalistic. That Next day it's, what's the other one? Opposite of minim- minimalistic. Maximalism. <laughs> the, ma- the maximum something. Okay, you get it. Okay. So going back to body image, it's just, it's like, that's my way of kind of navigating through my fashion with body image, but that still doesn't get rid of how I feel about certain things. And sometimes it's hard. I mean, we can all say that it gets so hard. Like, when will it end? When will it end? When will we just, I mean, at least I feel like this. When will I just wake up and love every part about me? I'm feeling like that now. Like today, in this present moment, I feel like that. But I know from a week from now, I'm not going to feel like that because my hormones are going to kick in and, you know, I'll retain that water or it's always up and down, up and down, up and down. So it's it's just, it can be a lot. And I want to show the side. I want to show the side of, you know, not being so much like, love yourself, love yourself. Like, I'm really not that person. Like, yeah, you should love yourself. We've all heard that. But let's be real. It's hard. It sucks. It really does suck to have the pressures of society, let alone the pressure, the pressure you just put on yourself. Like, we also just put that pressure on ourselves, And it's so hard. And it just feels like, you fix one thing, like whether it be your skin, whether it be your hair, your body, and then something else happens. And how do we almost get to a point where we feel at peace with every part of ourselves? It's something I continuously work on, but I do allow myself those days. I think that's important to allow yourself the grace, to give yourself the grace to just feel shit, just feel it, you know, if you're having a shit day, have a shit day, put on a hoodie, tie your hair up, don't wear makeup, give yourself that grace to, to feel that way, and you don't always have to show up for society all the time, like, it gets draining otherwise, and, you know, body image, I, I don't really have the the tricks for it I don't really know 
okay, like this is what you got to do to feel good about yourself because I'd be a hypocrite if I told you that. I mean, I have days where I don't feel good. And I know actually talking about women, but a lot of men go through it too. So I don't just want to emphasize on women. I want to express that a lot of men go through this. I, I was thinking about it in the car. I mean, imagine how men must feel to always have a certain image of whatever society puts on them. You know, maybe it's like a six-pack or I don't know what it is. I can't really say. It's, it's hard for women because we do so much to ourselves. Like, yes, men do so much to themselves and women also do so much to ourselves. So social media is something also that plays a big role. I have... I've always liked this whole no like thing, like they've taken the likes away in certain countries. You can take it away. I actually take away the likes in my sometimes in my posts. And it's honestly because I just sometimes want to post just to post. I treat my Instagram like it's an album that I'm going to one day show my kids. Okay, so I post just to post and it's it gets so stressful to have that like aspect put on top because it literally puts a hierarchy in place like remember when we were younger I don't know if this was in your school but in my school one of them um there was a hot or not list that went around and I mean likes literally put that in place where there's like this hierarchy or of who's hot and who's not because you you literally identify likes to likes to being likable that people are scrolling past and they're saying, oh, I like that. I don't like that. Oh, I like that. I don't like that. So likes signify that. And it gets really hard when you're seeing some person with a hundred thousand likes or something like that. And you don't look that way. And you're seeing this and thinking, am I not likable because I don't look that way? And then on the other end of the spectrum, another person will get the same amount of likes and they look a whole different way. So now it's confusing because it's like, how are we meant to look? How? What's the acceptable way of looking? And I think that's where this whole thing comes into play with cosmetic surgery and comparing ourselves and just kind of digging that knife further and further into our problems with our body image. So then it goes into cosmetic surgery. And cosmetic surgery is, I'm, I'm not here to say don't get cosmetic surgery. So I had two nose jobs. And that's, so that's the only cosmetic surgery I've done. But I got two nose jobs. The one, the first one was botched. Then it took me two years. Those two years were the hardest, one of the hardest times of my life. And I could not see myself. I will make a whole new video about it because it's such an intense story. And it's actually very, um, like, just packed with with knowledge if you're wanting to learn about you know, if, if you're looking into getting nose surgery and you're wanting to just do some research. So you can learn from my experience because it was it was hectic. I would do it all over again, all over again. 
I would say that. I would do it all over again. Thank God I was fortunate enough to get another surgery because I don't know what, I just don't know what life would be like without that second surgery. And the reason I'm saying that is because I, first I wanted a, a nose job because when I was younger, I just never saw my nose to fit my face. I would always kind of envision how I would grow up to look like when I was small. And when I was small, I had a cute nose and I just thought that would stay and it didn't. It, it just, I grew and uh, I went through puberty and my nose just didn't fit my face. And I could not see it. I could not see myself. Then the first nose job came and that even made it worse because I could not look at myself in the mirror. And oh, that, that like a lot of people might think, oh, you're just being, you know, overdramatic. And like, you know, there's harder things in life. Like 100% there are worse things in life. And I'm not saying that, you know, my problems more than others, but... If you had to go through every day looking at yourself in the mirror and not seeing yourself, it's so scary. It's, a, it's, a, it's really traumatizing. It's really scary. And I strongly believe that every nose surgery, anything you do to your face, it needs to come with a therapist. Like they need to set that in play because that is how traumatizing it can be. Like you're not even aware of it. And two years into it, um, well, two years later, I brought myself, I would literally cry like every week about my nose. And every time I like would try to take a selfie and every time I looked at myself and um, I also was not me. I wasn't acting in a way that I look back and I respect and I value because you just lose all all self-identity if that if I can put it that way and you don't value yourself and when you don't value yourself it can be a really dangerous place to be because you almost allow certain things in your life that really do not serve you any justice because you really believe that you're so below you know the level that you accept only that level and you're not you're really not you anyways I want to save all the good stuff for the episode but I'll just leave it at that I got my nose job the second one and it changed my life and I look at myself every day and I see myself I see Francesca like it really did cha change me as a person so I know what cosmetic surgery can do on the positive side and the negative side and not many girls and guys are fortunate enough to have that second nose job. And actually a lot of them commit suicide, sadly. And it's really scary. So if you're wanting cosmetic surgery, go for it. But just know your why. Like, know your why. I always say this. I've said it in my other episodes. Know your why through everything. Why are you posting on social media that photo? Why are you, you know, following certain people? Is it to compare yourself every day? Why are you um, wanting that cosmetic surgery? Is it for society's validation? Because we really get so mixed up in being influenced that we don't even know our why. And we really think it's about us and actually it's not. You can change this and that and that and that. And someone will still be like, mm, but 
you know, I don't like this about you, then you'll go change that. So if you're constantly chasing after people's version of perfection, people's versions of beauty, you're going to chop and change every part of you. And then what are you left with? Who, who are you left with? So definitely go for cosmetic surgery if you're wanting it. Just take the time to research and just sit on it for a while. Like me cutting my hair into a bob. I'm really sit on, sitting on it, guys. I really am because I still don't know my why. So I really need to know my why. Like I kind of do. I'm halfway there um, and I want to make an episode if I do you know, do it. I'll make an episode or I'll post something like a video with this whole thing on social media and following people and, you know, with also cosmetic surgery, everything ties in like social media, body image, cosmetic surgery, eating disorders, they kind of just all work hand in hand. And when you're following certain people, it can be really hard because your genetic mold is your genetic mold. And that person that you're following is different to yours. So might be different to yours. So if you're comparing yourself to someone that has a different genetic mold, you it's it's very toxic for yourself. I don't gain weight easily on my legs. It's just my genetic mold. I but I do in my upper body. So if I compare myself to a girl with you know, a skinny stomach and these nice skinny arms and thick voluptuous legs with a big bum. I, I, I'm setting myself up for just heartache because unless I'm working off in the gym like a beast, like a beast, or unless I'm going for cosmetic surgery and getting stuff done, to get that body naturally is going to be just so hard it's really going to be hard so my point is be very careful because I think we have to understand that we have to understand that we all made differently oh you've heard this before like we're all made differently and we're all perfect like yeah okay but we all made differently and with that being said you can't compare yourself you can't, like, just don't even go there. I haven't, I haven't followed people on Instagram, influencers and celebrities where I felt I was comparing myself to them and I just couldn't. Like, if you're 19 and you're comparing yourself to a 45-year-old woman, you can't compare yourself. You're different. You're, just, you're different age. You're different age. I remember when Instagram was starting and I would compare myself to, I think it was like Kim Kardashian. I would compare myself to older people or I would compare myself to, yeah, I would compare myself to like celebrities like Britney Spears and because when I was growing up, those were our, our, our you know, influence, influential people and all the pop stars. I remember my mom always telling me, you cannot compare yourself to older women. It is physically impossible for you to look like them. Did I listen? No. Because my brain at the time actually just was, I don't know, it just didn't understand. And I was stubborn and I just didn't understand that I couldn't. I thought, no, why? Like, I don't know. I'm so scared for the younger generation because already now we can see the young girls looking older. And it's because they're doing things to themselves to look older. 
I actually saw a, a TikToker, I think it was today, but she was saying that this one celebrity, she's gotten a lot of face, um, cosmetic surgery on her face for a long time now. And she's dating a guy, but a lot of people have been saying that she actually looks older and she's not, she's younger. But she said because of the lip fillers and everything, it gets to a point where you do actually look older. And that really took me by surprise. But it also makes a lot of sense. Because if you, if you really look at people like the celebrities that are, are younger and that have had a lot of stuff done to them, they really do look older. I also want to go into eating disorders, but... I'm kind of going to go back and forth on these topics because I, I'm, I'm going to think of things and be reminded to say things and then I'll go and I'll say them. So just excuse me if I do that. So with eating disorders, a negative body image can contribute to dysmorphia disorder, BDD, eating disorders and other conditions. If, okay, if you are suffering with an eating disorder or anything of that matter, please contact someone for professional help. I'm not a therapist, so I can't tell you what to do. I can only say what's worked for me and how I've healed. I have had an eating disorder since high school. I started high school and it started to develop. I don't want to go into the whys so deeply and how and all of that because I do believe that through telling you details, it can actually not only trigger you if you have one, but it can also make you take notes for yourself. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you have an an underlining eating disorder, like if you... You'll get it. If you know, you know, okay? Um, If you know what I'm talking about. I want to just say this. A huge misconception on eating disorders is that it only stems from an insecure place and a self-esteem issue and not loving yourself and all that. But actually it can stem from, if not, it actually stems from a control issue. And I've always been a little bit of a control freak and a perfectionist, so... It can stem from that, and I'm not saying that the whole self-esteem isn't a part of it, but it's not all about just loving yourself, and that is why you can say to someone, oh, love yourself, love yourself, but if if they need control in their life, they'll always kind of go back to it. So it's something that is always there. I just, I know that it's something you always have to be aware of. You can't live blindly to an eating disorder if you've had one because it can creep in without you knowing it because society, it's hard. Like with, like I said, with the influences of society, with the pressures, every, everything I've just said, it plays into it. So another misconception is also that people with eating disorders are only people that are thin. That's just another thing that's so not true. You can be whatever weight, shape, or form, and you can have an eating disorder, and you are valid to have one. Like, you're you're not lying, you're not being overdramatic. It's it's not only thin people or, or people that get to being so thin that have one. Of course, people that have eating disorders can get 
very, very thin and it can be life-threatening. And that is why I'm saying if you really, if you have one, please go seek professional help or even if you just have a bad relationship with food or or just some, some self-conflict, um, go seek professional help. Um, but what I'm saying is with this misconception is I know for myself, I doubted my my eating disorder for years because I did not fit into the textbook version of very skinny. I didn't get to that because mine wasn't really that. And I don't want to give you details, but yeah. But it made me doubt myself. I thought I was okay. I thought I was fine. And, you know, you're not fine. It's not a healthy way to live. And then I eventually I healed. And I don't want to get too deep into my journey, but I just wanna I just wanna say that I get it. And another misconception is that it's only girls who have eating disorder. No, there's so many guys, so many guys that go through it and they just don't get diagnosed because there's a stereotype with that, with like eating disorders, that it's only girls. So if you're a guy, please also, you know, find that space that you can go to and talk about it. Eating, dis- eating disorders are very difficult for the one going through it. It's very difficult for the loved ones around and, uh, you know, family and friends. It's it's not easy. And I just want to say regarding eating disorders that we have to do a better job in how we treat one another and talk to one another. Because I've experienced people that have said a joke where it just wasn't a joke. It triggered me, if anything. And it's not funny. It's not cool. It's unnecessary to speak about someone's, what they're eating or, you know, comments on their body. And, oh, like, it really gets me angry, you know, because... Why not just focus on yourself? Why do we we point things about each other? Like, focus on yourself. And I remember going to an event. I hadn't eaten the whole day. And a girl had... I wasn't actually struggling with my eating disorder at the time. But I was eating a bit of, like, the finger foods. And this girl had said to me, you're inhaling that finger food as a joke. And it wasn't a joke. It really wasn't. I felt so triggered. And thank God I had my best friend there at the time, which knew about my situation. And I told her. And that is why it really helps to just have someone and the people in your life know about it so they can be aware also how they talk to you. Because it's hard when, you know, people around you don't know because they're going to make those jokes. And I know it's I mean, to even say that is ridiculous because I think as a society we should just know not to joke. We should know not to, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. You're going to always have someone that's going to say something. So these these triggers are constantly around us and they're constantly around me. And I've had to... I've had to learn to not go into the victim mindset. That really has helped because, like I said, you just got to think these people don't know. Um, like that girl, she didn't know. Like all I wanted to do is just say something to her like, oh, like how dare you, you know, like 
You don't know if someone hasn't eaten all day and that's their only meal. You know, you don't know. And now you come along and you say this and you think you're so perfect and you think it doesn't affect that person? Even if they don't have an eating disorder, like, it just doesn't affect them? I mean, it does. And I know it's so hard to talk to people with eating disorders. It's, I see it within my family when they talk to me and they, you know, sometimes they'll say, still say something that's um, wrong. Um, but I, I do give them the grace here and there and it's fine. But it is really hard. How do we navigate through that? I just think we shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about people's, you know, like an example. If someone has to say to me, you look really good today. In my brain, I think, oh, so I didn't look good the other days. Oh, so every other day I look terrible. Every other day. Like, what is so different about today? What? That's how my brain works. And people that have this, our brains are wired differently. So it can be very hard. And trust me, it's frustrating for us too. Because we don't want to feel that way. Like, we don't want to feel upset when people say things, you know. We want to just, like, you know, push it off our shoulder and, you know. But, like, if someone has to say, oh, my God, you look so thin. Like, in my brain, it's like, oh, so I wasn't look thin. I wasn't looking thin before. And I'm clearly doing something right, so I have to carry on with what I'm doing. But now every time this person saw me before, they were judging me and thinking I looked fat because they're so aware of how I look now that they even came to me and said I look thin. So before this, they were clearly aware of how I looked before and I looked fat. Do you understand? Like, oh, it's so, it's crazy. I, I feel like crazy to even say that. But I know someone's going to relate and it has to be said. It has to be said. Uh, this is what this podcast is about. So how do we go through that? How do we, you know, if you're the person saying the joke, navigate through it. And if you're saying these things to people or, or you say, cut, slip up here and there, just rather don't. Like rather don't talk about how thin a person is. Rather say, oh, you know, you're... And I'm not to say... You, you can't have those slip-ups. Like I even will say, oh my word, your body's looking amazing. I'll also say those things because it's just like how we conditioned like by society to, to see that and to talk like that. But I think how we all need to maybe go about it is to rather say, I love your hair or, you know, you have such an extraordinary way of thinking or you, you so... Um, you're so clever with your words and the way you articulate them. And there's just, there's so many beautiful ways you can compliment someone. I've always hated the compliment pretty. Like, you look pretty. Like, what is that? Like, it's such a, it's, it's a, it has no depth, the word pretty in my eyes. Like, you're astonishing, you're beautiful, you're glamorous, you're, I don't know, there's just so much you can say. And it's not pretty, but yeah. So let's maybe try to to rather incorporate other ways of complimenting one another. But then if you are someone that's going through, you know, through it and someone is saying something to you, it's like water off a duck's back. Like that's that's just how, how you gotta be. 
that's how I am. Because you're not going to be able to fight every single person in the world. At some point, you're going to just have to let people be ignorant. Let them. I think I, at one point in my life, I did shout at a guy and I said, like, you don't know if I have an eating disorder. Like, let alone I literally had one. But, um, I mean, little did he know. But I said, you don't know, like, if this was my only meal and now you're saying this, like, you know, you got to be really careful with what you say. I don't remember who I said it to. But I, I don't want to say too much about eating disorders, but I just want to open up the space to, to say that I have been there, I, I know how it feels, and it's okay to ask for help in any way, shape, or form that you're, you're in. It's okay to ask for help. And with everything being said, with social media and as cosmetic surgery and body image and all this stuff... Uh, I'll just maybe end on ways that help me and maybe ways that I've healed through it and deal with society on a day-to-day basis. Number one, I threw away the scale. I threw away the scale. It Honestly, a long, long time ago, I realized this is just not benefiting me. I don't know what I'm weighing. Like, I don't know if I'm weighing my fat or my muscle or my bones or my water, which water, by the way, it does weigh a lot. So you don't know what you're weighing. And as a woman, your body's constantly fluctuating between your your weight because of your cycle. I will make an episode on our, our hormones because, gosh, I've gone through it. I've gone through it. I have PMDD. Like, it's just, it's not fun, but... I'm do I'm like taking the steps to heal myself um but it's not fun being a woman oh gosh like it is I love women love myself but still okay with hormones I just wish that aspect wasn't a thing so yeah with hormones we fluctuate and um it's just don't weigh yourself like that is the one piece of advice I want to give you it's like don't weigh yourself and what else? I started Pilates. I am a Pilates girl. I'm a Pilates girl. Yeah, I actually love it. I do love it. It's such a slow way of, you know, giving back to my body. I've fallen in love with, beginning of last year, I started to really fall in love with pouring into myself on a slow level, like just slowly having a bath every night, doing my face masks, doing my hair oils, um, reading a book. I love reading. I read every night before I go to bed and during the day. I actually bought myself a Kindle, what well, my boyfriend did. Yeah, I love it. So pouring into myself slowly, it, you know, can be eating a piece of chocolate when I feel like it. It's just really giving that time to myself to listen to my myself and to just give my body and and you know me what it needs and what I want and it's that little act of selfishness for myself if I can say that um but yeah Pilates is one and I've been down the gym route I've done that uh listen I really have I really have but with Pilates it is so therapeutic to me. It puts me in my present moment. It really makes me feel grounded. And I don't feel like it's as stressful on my body where I'm starting to think about like the weight. And it's actually just so relaxing that I'm 
I'm so into the stretching and, you know, I'm not actually thinking of losing weight when I'm in there. So, yeah, it works for me. Like, gym works for other people. Like, what I'm saying now about Pilates, that's the way it is with gym for some people. And, yeah, also taking the dog for a walk is another slow way I just pour into myself. And also having days where I'm not feeling good just to have that day is another way of pouring into myself because I'm pouring that love of just understanding, you know, loving and understanding and saying to yourself, it's okay. Like, it's okay that you're having a bad day. You can really sit in those feelings and there's no problem with that. Like I said, I've stopped following people and I know my why. Like, I try to just listen to why I'm doing things. And at one point, um, during actually those two years, no, after yeah, during those two years of my nose surgery, I was going through something with my body. I went into intermittent fasting and let me tell you that it literally said if you have an eating disorder, if you are prone to eating disorders or, you know, just eating disorders, don't do this. And I just thought I would be that 1%, like I can do it, like it's cool and it backfired. It really backfired on me. Um, so then... I just spiraled. Then I found intuitive eating. Now, intuitive eating is something from that day I have used. Um, it's It healed me. It really, because what happened through intermittent fasting, um, because it made me almost lose my relationship with food in, in a healthy way to such a bad extent, I had to relearn. Like I had to teach myself how to eat again. I had to teach myself how to have that relationship with food on a healthy level. And what intuitive eating did, it really made me listen to my body. So when I was hungry, I, I had something to eat. When I was satisfied, I stopped, you know. I never got to feeling full because, um, I don't know, it just... Like, satisfied to a little bit full, but not, like, full, full, full. Because I found that if I do get to that point, then I, I will really start to, like, regret what I eat because I'm feeling it. Like, I can really feel that food on me, and that's when I can be triggered. So it also goes into knowing your triggers, and it just really helped me to listen to my body and be really gentle with my body and that was a way of also pouring into my body because that's how I learned to listen to my body listen to how I feel and uh, listen to what I want and what I don't want um, so that really I think kick-started the whole slow like um, pouring into myself slowly and because I was doing this whole thing of listening to myself, I would really understand why um, I posting certain things. Then with triggers, I started to really take note of my triggers. And I do this all the time where, you know, if I, if I know I'm going to eat something that'll trigger me, I won't eat it. So it's hard. You, you have to be really, really almost strict on yourself and set boundaries um, so I am strict on myself with how I talk to myself. You know, if I feel like a burger, I almost prep myself up and I say to myself, you know, you're going to eat this burger and you must, you know, don't feel bad about it. Like I'll, I make sure that 
if I'm going to have a burger, if I'm going to have pasta, if I'm going to have pizza, I've thought about it to that extent of really being okay with it. So I don't just like eat anything on a whim. Um, because if I do that, then I'll, I'll regret it because, you know, I don't know, it just, this is something that just works for me. Okay. It really does. So really listening to what I, what I want in that moment and shame, you know, like my friends and my boyfriend and my family really have to struggle with this because I'll sit at a restaurant and I'll be looking at the menu and it takes me a while, okay, not too long, like a good five minutes to really think about what I want. And there's always like a few options and then I have to like, you know, tick one off the list then tick, and then really come down to that one and be okay with that one. Um, so it's really accepting my choices that I make through listening to myself, through listening to how, what I want and what I don't want and how I want to feel and how I don't want to feel. I really hope this episode helps um, to just feel less alone. I don't want to give you guys advice, but the little advice I did give, I hope maybe it can help. And I just think with our body image and, you know, to conclude all of this, you gotta, you gotta love, love yourself because I've been thin and I've been, you know, heavier and I've been, I've had long hair and I've had short, have short hair and maybe I'll have even shorter hair. But if you're going to be doing it for other people, you're not ever going to be happy. So do it for yourself and be okay with that. And just put yourself first you know, screw what society says, like, it's, there's so many different beauty, you know, ideas of beauty now, that we can get really lost in, in what we should look like, and how we should look like, so just put yourself first, and also actually, you know, be careful with toxic trains sometimes I also have to catch myself in those moments where I'm thinking something is cool and it's not it's it's really not so yeah <sighs> guys this was a really hard episode there's so much I want to say but we've already reached nearly an hour and I don't want to keep you for long. I really hope this would be a 30-minute episode, but there was so much to talk about. And I want to talk about these things. They are so relevant, but not really spoken about. So, yeah, I think it's important to, to raise awareness on these topics. And if we can help each other heal, and if we can help future generations overcome all of these these problems that we face within our ourselves and our body image and social media and you know all these topics that I've basically mentioned then it's something we should do we should really prioritize helping each other um and the only way we're going to do that is by sharing you know sharing what we've been through and just yeah that's all I got to say before I keep you any longer, I just want to say if you're related, then please message me on Instagram. I'd love to chat further and connect if you have your own views on this or if you just agree or if you disagree on things. I'd really, really appreciate um, 
your messages. And please don't forget to rate and follow on Spotify. So with like the rating, this this podcast will go in the algorithm or something like that. But yeah, thank you so much for listening and for supporting me and following and showing all the love. Talk to you later. Bye.